Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Well, a few wins put you in a better mood, that's for sure. You know, we felt like even that Ottawa game, you go back and watch it, we did a lot of good things in that game. A lot of good things. We couldn't keep the puck out of our net in the third period. There you go. That is Edmonton Oilers head coach Dave Tipp at Edmonton and the Ottawa Senators tonight. We are going to bring Mark Spector in on the Rivers Creek Resort Casino Hotline. Mark Spector for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta presenting live standard red racing each uh, Saturday at Century Mile Racetrack and Casino. Post time is one fifteen. Spec is in Ottawa. If I'm not mistaken, uh, and he can correct me here, I'm thinking this might be like his first road trip in two years. We welcome back to the show, Mark Spector. <laughs> Speck, how you doing? Good. No, I made a quick zip in for a game in Vancouver earlier this year, but I don't think I traveled. Did I travel last year at all? I didn't travel last year at all. I didn't go to those playoff games in Winnipeg, I don't think. But, Mark, yeah, no, not uh, a lot of travel on the beat with COVID, but it's been nice to get out the road a little bit, Bobby. <laughs> all right, here we go. Uh, I just want to uh, i got to read this text because you'll, you'll appreciate it. Uh, somebody has texted the show to say, George LaRock told a story about him hitting me, uh, bringing me out in non-contact sort of summer scrub hockey with some minor pros back in 2008, where you and me would have been well into our 40s at that point. Bob, what were you thinking when Big George body checked you to the ice and you challenged him to a fight? Were you dazed, delirious, or did you think you had a weight advantage? Uh, at that time, George was heavier than me. I'll just, because he was carrying more than the weight that I was at at that time. Mark Spector can attest to the fact that he took several $20 bills off of me throughout mostly early to mid 1990s because we had a standard bet as to whether or not I could get under 215. And for whatever reason, I'd seemingly always come in spec at about 218 and 219. And I know you're not the least bit surprised that I got up and stuck George as quickly as I could and then challenge him because you know I would do something stupid like that once in a while. You on, yeah, the, other sure, yeah. might, you on the other hand might just go away. <laughs> so. If you're asking me if I'm going to challenge George Zarek to a hockey fight, yeah, I'm going away, pal. <laughs> yeah. I saw Rob Ray. I watched Rob Ray, and he's a hell of a lot tougher than both of us. He didn't do so so well. Yeah, I think George, I don't know if you heard the show, George was on the air a few years ago and said I did better, I I would have done better against him than Andrew Peters. I'm like, no, I wouldn't have. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, all right, uh, and, and hey, uh, you watched the Oilers against the Canadians the other night. We haven't even talked, to, we were so focused on, you know, the Oilers rolling over, and I know that's a big part of your story today. Are they a different team here, their ability to roll four lines through? But for the Montreal media, one thing that really upset them was not so much that the Canadians got beat by the Oilers, but they got beat without much of a whimper. You know, when Samuel Montenblow was run over, I, I didn't even think Cassian purposely meant to destroy him. He just kind of bodied him and, and sent him flying. But nobody on the ice responded immediately, and, and so that led itself to consternation. Are we at a different place in today's game? Like, that would have been, I mean, 30 years ago, you would have had three guys there right there. They would have all jumped on, you know, jumped Cassian all at once. But are we not at a different time? What do you think, Mark? 
I mean, yeah, we're obviously we're at a different time, no question. But it's also about who's on the ice, you know, who's on the ice that wants to take on Kastian. You'll recall Milan Lucic as a Bruin running over Ryan Miller, and that was ten times the event than what happened Saturday night in Montreal. And Buffalo didn't have a guy on the ice with the courage to take on Lucic in that instance. And it was a big deal in Buffalo for weeks and weeks and weeks after. And then Gostad fought him, right? And then Gostad finally fought him. But I don't even know who was on the ice for the Canadians. Uh, But listen, I'll tell you this. I come from the school where the Zach Cassian on my team or whoever he is, if he's Milan Lucic, if he's Zach Cassian, if he's Andrew Peters, if he's playing on my team, and he plays that role, I'm absolutely fine with Zach Cassidy running over a goalie once in a while. Not killing him, not injuring him, not all that stuff. But you know what? Guy's out of his crease. Don't be afraid to knock him over now and again. I don't mind that. Well, I found it interesting that Buffalo dumped Aaron Dell after he stuck his hip out on Drake Batherson and knocked him out of the lineup for six weeks. Because I'm going to tell you, Ottawa does have some toughness, and Buffalo's <laughs> Aaron Dell was going to have to answer it the next game, and I was a little bit surprised it didn't happen that night. So, different time, uh, no question about it. Uh, Jeff Petrie was the one that received the most criticism in in Montreal. There's more there, as you know. Uh, Eric Engels uh, publishing something yesterday in an exchange that a fan directed towards Jeff Petrie's wife. I always find that stuff to be quite pathetic. That's just poor form. Um, Don't go down that path if you can avoid it. But uh, what did you make of the the game on Saturday, Spec, the Oilers 7-2 victory? Was it a byproduct of the Canadians having $50 out of the lineup? Or was it a precursor of the fact that Edmonton's got some options? Well, it's both, right? It's both. Uh, you can't overreact to a win over that Montreal team. They're a, they're a beaten horse. You know, their season began by losing their goalie and their captain, and it's gotten worse from there. So you, you better beat Montreal and Edmonton beat them for fun. They weren't even raising their hands after goals after about the third one. So that's great. But you know what? I, I really believe that this is a, a turn point, turning point uh, in the evolution here in Edmonton, Bob. I've been a guy that's believed for a long time that they, as great and as awesome and as productive as McDavid and Drysaddle are, they need more. They can't. Those guys can't lead the league in ice time per game for forwards, in shift length per game for forwards, in five-on-five time per game per forward for forwards. They need more. We've we've watched it, right? We've watched those guys win Art Ross Trophy after Art Ross Trophy after Hart Trophy after Hart Trophy. And has Edmonton got any closer to winning the real trophy that matters? You know, they haven't. So I think this deployment where you have three lines and the coach is going to have to play them a little bit more because you can't sit Nugent Hopkins and Hyman for – you can't play them nine minutes a game. I think it's going to make them a way better team. And if Dreisaitl and McDavid – for some reason, don't get as many points and don't win the Art Ross. Who cares, Matt? Who cares? I think they'll play longer in the playoffs. Well, the power play has gone a little bit stagnant, and that's a byproduct of why they've slowed down a bit offensively. So, now, I mean, I am very intrigued to see what specifically what, like, you know, Hyman's ability to protect the puck. Cassian can get in on the forecheck. Cassian's at his best when he is unpredictable spec. Like oh, that's sure. that's part of what makes him a scary guy to play against around the league. You're not sure, and unfortunately for Oilers fans, that's what's made him a scary guy in the Oilers lineup. Is you're not always sure what you're going to get because some games he looks disinterested. But 
you know, his ears perked up. He played well last year of Nugent Hopkins in the Winnipeg series. The best hockey he played all last season was game three and game four against Winnipeg. When mm-hmm. you need that heavier hockey, and it's 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 a different dimension. And you, you sit there and go, all right, can so I'm gonna I'll throw this back at you here. McDavid with uh, Yamamoto and Kane. Fogle and Pugliarvi with Leon. Cassian on the right side and Hyman on the left with with Nugent Hopkins. I mean, that's a that's a pretty good... Mark, I, I'm going to tell you right now, the forward lines to me are the deepest since the 1988 Oilers. I know they won the Cup in 1990, but John Muckler had to be convinced to throw the kid line together. And they didn't have a punch down the middle like McDavid, Dreisaitl, and Nugent Hopkins. They have a chance, with all due respect to Craig Simpson and Glenn Anderson, who were awesome with Mark Messier during the playoffs. Mark Lamb was their second-line center that year in the playoffs, <laughs> playing with Curry and Teak. They are deeper up front since 88 when both Mark and Wayne were still here. Agree or disagree? Oh, I mean, I, I guess I would say, yeah, I don't want to... You know, that, that question characterizes Edmonton taking a Stanley Cup run, and they got to show me a whole lot more before that. No, they got other, no, I'm just saying they've got other issues. But, but their forward lines, like, you know, and particularly, I'm the first always to point out that, you know, third line center needs to be a faceoff man. And make, uh, no one ever called Ryan Nugent Hopkins a solid faceoff man. I think he's 38%. But. He takes the draws on the left. He does better on the left. He's a half, you know, he's a 50% guy ish on the left side. And Zach Hyman will take the draws on the right side. And he is well over 50%. So if between the two of them, you can win your faceoffs on that third line, Bob, uh, you know, I think there's a morale thing here, too. Like, I was surprised. You were standing there, was it yesterday, when Derek Ryan was talking about playing seven or eight minutes a game and what it's like and how hard it is to. Yeah, you know, to produce. I mean, you can't even keep a sweat going, Bob, in a game when you're playing nine minutes, eight minutes. And, you know, today I thought, like, usually you can attest to this, Bob. Usually, especially the lower guys in the lineup, they don't ever say anything that might be perceived as second-guessing the coach or, or anything that's not a team thing. Like, they don't, they're not those guys. And I'm not saying Zach Cassian's that guy in any way, shape, or form. So let me, let me say that. But today, you were there. Cassian said... He said, you know, you you can run two lines as hard as you want, but you're you're going to win in the regular season. You can get away with a little bit. But we saw last playoffs. You play a good defensive hard-checking team, and it's hard hockey. Playoff hockey is hard enough as it is. got to be fresh. Cassio said, once you get into meaningful games, you can't just run two lines. If our goal here is to win, it's not a recipe for success. So I think you got a bunch of guys on this team not wearing 29 and 97 who were looking at it going, we got to spread it out. We can't play those guys 25 a night. We got, we're never going to win that way, Bob. Mark, I'm not done adding to the forwards if it's me. Like, we know Holloway, the plan is Holloway plays 20 to 25 games in the minors where he's playing 16 to 20 minutes up. He gets his twitch back, right, because he's coming off of the wrist surgery. So he gets back to handling the pucks and playing a ton and playing in a ton of situations. And then at the end of March, early April, he gets recalled and he plays somewhere in the bottom six and gives Edmonton because he's got a higher One more good player. Right. It's one, one more good player. Even then, even then, I'm. I just had Gary on. I like Nick Paul because he can play anywhere, and he's big and rangy, and he can kill penalties. Like you know, he's an effective player. Like I'm not done it. And people say, well, what about the goaltending? I'm like, well, if you have four lines 
with two of the world's best players not being overtaxed, you can play a different type. You know, and you're playing Hyman with Nugent Hopkins on the third line. You can play a different type of game as a result. And here's where I'm going to go with this, Mark. You know, Detroit always didn't have the best goaltending. What they often had were the deepest set of forwards. With the thing like the identity, they had that fourth line, right, where McCarty was playing and Maltby and uh, Draper. You know, Detroit, again, just to reiterate for the listeners, they didn't have a top five goal. They, they had Hashik for one of the years. But, yeah, and Osgood you know, was always better than we gave him credit for. But uh, And I will recall I losing it, a bet with you when Manny Legacy was their goalie, Bob. Yeah, <laughs> I, didn't win I, that call, year. I called that, but that was because <laughs> I sensed there was strife. I sensed, well, I'll tell you what happened, is I saw Marty McSorley say there's real issues in the Detroit room. When Marty was working at San Jose Broadcast, I'm like, how the hell does he know that? Right? And and it turned out to be true. There was pushback on Babcock in the first year that he was there. And okay. the veteran players, like Schneider, you saw it. When push came to shove, the Oilers players played harder from Craig McTavish than Detroit's, some of their veterans, the played for like Mike Babcock. Babcock. What's for that? Sure. I see the vets kind of like Babcock in Detroit. That, that's why I worry about if she was ever to be, you know, the rumors he was coming here. But let, let's focus back here. Goaltending, okay? The goaltending in Edmonton is, to me, it's cut and dry. If you promise me Mike Smith's going to play, then I'm going to go on your theory, Bob, where you don't always need the all-star goalie. If you promise me Mike Smith's in the crease in the playoffs, I'm going to build my team and I'll get through this playoffs with Mike Smith. When he's playing, he's enough goaltender. But here's what I for sure know a thousand percent, right? A thousand percent. If I get stuck using Miko Koska in the playoffs, I won't win a round. I will not. He cannot play six games in however many days, right? So well, if you can't hone him, you got to get a goalie. Like you have to well, get a goalie. And I think right? we're looking, I think that the, they're, and I'm serious about this, and people are going to say, are you crazy? I think we're looking at a potential three way deal. I could see Colorado going hard after Fleury. Remember, Fleury, for all the listeners, he holds the cards. He's deciding where he goes. I could see Colorado going to Fleury. And who beat Edmonton out on Darcy Camper? And what's Colorado going to do with Darcy Camper? They can't have both of them. They can't afford both of them. So that's, is there is there a deal there? And then the Oilers sit there and move Theoretically, and, and by the way, a lot of listeners right now, Mark, would say that Miko, they have as much trust in this stage right now of Miko than they do with Mike Smith. Miko's so, had a I, good run, and he's been playing great, and yada, yada, yada. We all, we've watched yeah, Miko for three years. He's a, he's a right good on the backup six, goalie. Six starts and in nine days, he can't do. He can't do. Can't do. Can't do. Everybody knows it. It's just, it's, I don't even call it a criticism, Bob. It's just like saying I can't climb Mount Everest because I can't. You know, that's not a criticism. Nico cannot play enough games in a row well to win your playoff series, period. So you got to get a goalie. There has to be a goalie coming in here, Bob, if this team can look itself in the eye and say it's like anything close to a cup contender. Mark, you have 30 seconds. Make it count. Canada, if I told you three, uh, on uh, January 30th of 2020, the following three things would have happened. Which would you have believed? Number one, the Bengals had gotten to the Super Bowl. Number two, Canada would be at the top of the table in CONCACAF. Number three, we'd all be wearing masks. What would you have said? Which one of the three would you have believed? 
I wouldn't have believed any of them, man. I watched that Bengals game yesterday, and I watched the soccer game. What a blast. You know, I, I mean, I covered a little bit of this soccer over my career, and I remember the men's team coming through, and they were a train wreck. They were not even close to being good. Our women's team ascended, and our men's team, they've just stumbled through decades. And to see that team now with some courage and some, you know, you can see their belief, Bob, and you can see they can defend and they know they can defend, and they also know that when they get a break, they got guys that can put it away. To, to beat the U.S. that way without Davies, it's just heartening, right? It's heartening as a Canadian. That, that team was no good for a long time, and you know what, Bob? Now it's pretty good. And if you can win CONCACAF, what does it mean in the World Cup? Does it mean you can you win a game or two? You know, I wonder. Sure. Right? I wonder. There you go. Spec, we'll see you at the <laughs> ranking. You'll join us on Friday. All right. Sounds good, Bobby. 153 in Edmonton. We'll wrap up orders now after this. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 155 in Edmonton. Just said Mark Spector on for the Horses and Horse Race in Alberta. Again, live standard red racing each Saturday at Century Mile. Uh, racetrack and Casino Post Time 115. Speckle will join us again on Friday. Royal Pizza, Pizza Past, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years. For a menu and a list of their 15 Edmonton and area locations, go online at royalpizza.ca. Download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. Stoffer recommendation at Royal Pizza, Mediterranean Chicken. Brennan Escott's a fan of the Texan. To this day in Oilers history, New West Travel. We got the New West Roadie to Nashville. It's going to take place in airline, uh, in April, and you'll fly direct with Flair Airlines. Uh, four nights in the hotel, only 1750 bucks. Call New West Travel. Go online, newwesttravel.com. Here's Brendan Escott. Yeah, let's go back to 1993 when Kelly Buckberger had three goals and an assist for the Oilers as they beat the Sabres in Buffalo 5-4. to Ron Tugnut picked up the winning goal uh, with 34 saves. Listing in Oilers history brought to you by New West Travel. Looking for a great road trip? Fly nonstop with Nashville and Flair Airlines to see the Oilers play again. $1,750. More info at newwesttravel.com. Tonight, 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 the Oilers uh, live from Canadian Tire Center. Cam Moon, myself, Rob Brown, Reed Wilkins will have the call of tonight's game. Uh, face-off show at 4 p.m. Puck drop at 5.30. Uh, Louis DeBrasque uh, with, uh, of course, Jack Michaels on the call. And Kyle Bukakis. Uh, uh, will uh, be your host uh, for tonight's uh, game. It's a hometown hockey special on NHL Hockey and Rogers at 5.30. We're back tomorrow. Jay Woodcroft uh, will be joining us, head coach of the Bakersfield Condors, and Marc-Antoine Godin out of the Athletic in Montreal to talk a bit about uh, changing of the guard with the Canadians' approach and uh, them going full-blown into uh, research and development with analytics. Up next, a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by Rob Breckenridge from 2 to 3. Uh, 6.30 Chet Afternoons, 3 to 4, and uh, I will join Reed at uh, 4.05. So long until then. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 6.30 Chad.